It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And welcome into the Virtual Bible Study for tonight. We're glad you're part of the program. We are live late tonight. We've had some internet connection problems and our audio is not working our audio-only feed, and you'll just be able to catch us with the video feed tonight. And some of you are out there. We've probably lost quite a few of you that uh, uh, thought we weren't live tonight and you've gone about your way. Uh, We are live now, and we'll make uh, the best of it we can uh, tonight with this uh, halfway working Internet connection. We had the same problem last week, and uh, we we resolved some of that. But we're still halfway there. Well, hopefully after tonight, uh, after the program tonight, we can resolve some more of our issues. But we appreciate you being out there. We want to hear from you on the program tonight. If you are having any connection problems or you'd like to get through to us with your questions or comments, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is away preaching in Ohio tonight. And in his place, in his absence tonight, Monty Overton, a member of the College View Church, joins us Monty, welcome to the program. Welcome. Uh, It's good to be here tonight, Jacob. Thank you. Glad to have you here. And we have an important subject to talk about tonight, uh, Monty. Um, We want to talk about tolerance and religious tolerance. It is uh, something that is a common theme in America today, that we need to be tolerant of those who are of different uh, viewpoints than we are. And uh, we want to talk about that tonight. You know, we say that a lot in the world. And uh, when we talk to people sometimes, they say, well, the Spirit's led you one way and he's led me another. And we're all going to heaven. We're just taking different roads to get there. And I think what we need to investigate tonight is to see if that's what the Bible, the Word of God, actually teaches us, that that's the way it works. Or is there a different operation that we see the Bible teaching that we need to be following? And Thanks I'll, for investigating the virtual ahead, Bible study. And, uh, you found the correct website we'll for the that. virtual. Uh, that doesn't need to be gone. I'll go ahead and uh, say this much. I think the Bible does tell us to be tolerant. Yeah, it does tell us to be tolerant we'll of talk, some things. We'll get into that as we get into the program tonight. So 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Earlier today, we sent out some questions for your consideration. Number one, does the Bible instruct us to be tolerant of those in religious error? If you give us scriptural references to support your answer on that. Number two, what are some areas where you see people being tolerant where they should not be? And number three, are there any areas religiously where we can be tolerant? And if so, give some examples. And on number four, if your answer to question number three was yes, are there any areas where we can be tolerant? What is an area in which you or others have difficulty being tolerant? So those are the questions for your consideration tonight. If you haven't joined in on the questions so far, we'd like to hear from you on that. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. And, Monty, uh, you know, the religious world around us and the secular world around us repeatedly tells us you've got to be tolerant. You've got to accept anything and everything. 
And we want to look at that on the program tonight. First off, I guess it would be important for us to define what tolerance is. And Webster gives us the definition of that. He says that it is sympathy or an indulgence for beliefs or practices differing from or conflicting with one's own. The act of allowing something uh, or the allowable deviation from a standard. And so we have the idea there. You can tolerate things that are different from what you believe. You can allow for a a deviation from a standard. You allow for that. Allow for a deviation from a standard. Now, Monty, you're a machinist. You deal with tolerances every day. That's right, Jacob. The parts that I'm given a blueprint of to make, they on the various dimensions on the parts, they have certain tolerances on them. There are some areas of the part that are not very critical. They're just got to be somewhere in the same ball field, basically, so the tolerance is very loose. But there may be other areas on the part that have a very tight tolerance, possibly as close as a ten-thousandth of an inch that we have to hold. And so that's similar to what we see here as we're discussing tonight. We're wanting to know, are there areas that have a very loose tolerance that we can just go along with and it's not very critical? Or or what are the areas that God has described to us that have a very tight tolerance, that no deviation from the standard is acceptable? That's right. When you talk about tolerance in your machining trade, tolerance means it's not like it should be. It's not perfect. It's not not, 100% perfect that there's some amount of deviation acceptable. It said the hole needed to be an inch in diameter, and now it's an inch and a few hundredths more, but it's not exactly like it needs to be. That's right. All right, we want to talk about tolerance tonight. Again, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Now, tolerance is a deviation from a standard, Monty. That's right. When we're talking about religious deviation, what's the standard we'd be deviating from? Well, if some people would try to tell you that it's their opinion or their feelings of what right and wrong is, well, if that was the standard we was going to use, we could have a, a gazillion different things being right or wrong because my feelings or 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 my opinions are equally or or unequally as valid as yours. So that's not really a good consideration. So if we're going to use a standard, just like in the machining trade, there's a certain in the National Bureau of Standards as to what def- defines what an inch is or a thousandth of an inch and is an unwavering standard. And so we have to use the Bible as our unwavering standard. Uh, what my opinion is is totally irrelevant. It doesn't matter. What only thing that matters is what does the Bible say about it. All right. The Bible is our standard. The Bible has, be, has to be our standard. Second Timothy chapter 3, beginning of verse 16, Paul writes to Timothy, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. The Scriptures have to be our standard, Monty. That's right. Uh, As you said, my thoughts, my feelings, my think-sos aren't going to cut it. They're not going to get me where I need to be. The ultimate authority and the final authority has to be God's Word. Well, the Bible tells us that God says His thoughts are not our thoughts and His ways are not our ways. So if we're considering ourselves or concerning ourselves with applying ourselves to doing things that are pleasing to God, we need to find out what his thoughts and his ways are. And the only place that we can find that is in the Bible. Well, we see the problem with not following that standard, Monty. As you said, uh, his ways are different than our ways. And if uh, we want to be right, then we're going to do it his way, not our way. And there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Money, I can do what looks right to me, what seems right to me, without going back to that standard. And when I deviate from that standard in in an effort to do what seems right to me, the Bible tells me that the end of, the, of those ways is death. You know, well, there's a good example of that in the Old Testament. King David got to looking around at all the blessings 
that uh, God had given him, and he seen that here he was living in a really fine house of cedar, and the Ark of the Covenant was in a tent somewhere. And he got the idea that he needed to build a house for God. And he even went to the priest uh, and to find out if that was a good idea or whatnot. And the priest said, yeah, that, that's a good idea. That's what we need to do. But then on the way out, I believe it was Nathan the prophet that he had consulted with. On the way out from visiting with David and consulting about the matter, God told David, says, uh, you, I told Nathan, says, you go back in and tell David that this ain't going to work. Because it seemed like a really good idea. And to us, it's, to me, it seemed like a really good idea that we need to build God a really fine house to put the ark in. But God, his response to that is, when did I ever ask you to build me a house? It wasn't that it necessarily was a bad idea. It's just it wasn't God's idea. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. You know, Monty, I think everyone who has ever disobeyed God, who has ever digressed from the commandments God has given them, Certainly, they thought it was a good idea. Well, you would think so. Well, they wouldn't do something. Maybe they're stupid enough just to think this to do something because they they think it's a bad idea. Let's go back to Uzzah when he studied the art. Wouldn't that seem like a good idea? You know, my wife and I were talking about that the other day. If they had been transporting a piece of furniture on that cart and the ox stumbled and shook the cart and we thought the, the television set or whatever was fixing to fall off, it would just be a natural reaction to reach up and grab it to keep it from falling. And so that's what Uzzah did. But the problem was they weren't transporting the ark in the manner that God had prescribed for them to begin with. And if they'd have been doing it the right way, that wouldn't have been an issue. Well, certainly. And when they that was the first transgression by not transporting it the way God said to do. But then he touched it again, as God had said, don't touch the ark. But it seemed like a good idea to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly you wouldn't want that ark to crash down and break into uh, several pieces or dent it up or whatever it would do if it fell off that ark. Certainly, it seemed like a good idea. It makes sense to him. It would make sense to you if you were in that situation. If it were not for the instruction, don't touch the ark. Now, religious people today would say, you transport the ark your way. I'll transport the ark my way. You touch it if you want to touch it. I decide I don't want to touch it. It's all going to be all right. The scriptures give us a different picture. People today are all obsessed with the idea of I'm going to worship God my way, the way that seems best to me. And that's the problem because my way is not God's way. Uh, If I was uh, designing the manner of worship, I'm sure I would have done it entirely different from what God did because, as we said, God said his ways are not my ways. And so what's important if we're going to please God is find out what his ways are. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. As we discuss religious tolerance on the program tonight, we want to hear from you. Remember those questions that we've asked for you tonight to consider. We'd like your comments on them. Number one, what does the Bible teach or instruct? Uh, does the Bible teach or instruct us to be tolerant of those in religious error? Does the Bible allow us to tolerate those in religious error? What are some areas where you see people being tolerant where they should not be? And number three, are there any areas where we can be tolerant religiously? If so, give us some examples. And number four, if your answer to question number three was yes, which area uh, do you or others have difficulty being tolerant in? Let us know your thoughts. Again, 877-381-4567. Question, questions at collegeview.com. Stephen in Pennsylvania, Monty, has emailed in. He says the Bible does not instruct us to be tolerant of religious error. I'll let others give you passages. Most do not understand authority where God is our gold standard. God commands us to be holy as he is holy. 
Galatians chapter 5 verse 21 uses the phrase and such like as a category to place sins, especially those sins that some commit in moderation. So he says sin is sin. We need not tolerate sin, and we would agree with that. Yeah, I believe that's completely correct. Uh, If we think about it, when Paul was on Mars Hill in Athens and he was teaching the people there and he'd been through the marketplace and seen that they had an altar set up to the unknown God. They were a tolerant people, I think. They were a tolerant people. They They had had idols to everything. Any God went. And just to make sure they didn't miss any, they had one to the unknown God. Well, Paul in his discussions with them told them, said, I've seen this and I want to tell you about that unknown God, the God that you don't know anything about. And as he went on in his discussions with them, he told them, he said, in times past, God overlooked your ignorance. But he said, it's not that way anymore. He commands all men everywhere to repent. That's in Acts chapter 17 and verse 30. And so we can see that at one time, God may have had some tolerance that he allowed the Gentile nations in that regard. But he says that tolerance is over with. It's not happening anymore. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We'll go ahead and take a break. And then we'll continue the discussion. Our breaks are going to be a little bit off tonight. If you're typically uh, waiting for the certain time for the breaks to come, we're about 15 minutes late. You can see down in the bottom of your screen there now, we see uh, you can see my Internet connection hardware is strewn about on the floor and a mad rash to get it connected tonight. And then once it was connected, getting everything configured, and we did a terrible job of that tonight. We're still not configured, but we think you can hear us and see us on the program tonight. We'd like to hear from you at 877-381-4567-QUESTION at collegeview.com. Don't go to where the virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. My name is Rick Harris, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. I hope you'll join me and many others in this weekly internet Bible study group. Be sure to listen every Thursday night. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. And we are back on the virtual Bible study tonight, and uh, we can tell that we've lost a lot of listeners tonight. So if you're out there and you have not commented yet on the program, please take this opportunity to help us out tonight as we try and uh, make a salv- uh, we try to salvage a program out of what uh, has been a little bit of a Rough start here on the virtual Bible study. We've had a few of those technical glitch programs here lately, and they're not a lot of fun, but uh, we're going to keep on keeping on, and hopefully we can make it through, and you can benefit from our study tonight. As we talk about religious tolerance, and that is a subject that we hear about repeatedly in America today. And, Damani, if you say anything that challenges someone else of a different belief, you are labeled as some type of... I don't know, some type of primitive uh, uh, 
guy with very little intelligence at all for you to even question someone religiously. You have to you have to tolerate or else uh, you're looked down upon in our society. Well, either that or they'll call me some kind of radical or some right-wing wacko or something like that that's not willing to entertain other people's beliefs. But certainly. Certainly you're just not tolerant. That's right. And that and that's uh, that's a cardinal sin in our society. You can do anything you want from homosexuality to adultery to anything else you can imagine. You can do it. And that's okay, but if you say it's wrong, then that's that's the real sin. You know, that seems to be the problem is everybody wants to do what they want to do and then try to justify it and make it somehow or another be okay when the Bible clearly teaches that what they're wanting to do is wrong. All right, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. It is interesting in the scriptures, Monty, we have an example of a group of people that was tolerant when they were, should not have been tolerant, and that example is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning of verse 1. And these people were tolerating, tolerating an alternative lifestyle, if you will. We hear about alternative lifestyles in America today that we're supposed to be tolerant of. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, beginning, or 1 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning of verse 1, tells us about an alternative lifestyle. And we read there, beginning of verse 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife, and ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned, that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. Monty, there was someone in America, he would be embraced. He, if that's the way he wants to live, let him live there. Who's to say it's wrong? If that, it may not be right, it may not work for you, but it works for him. Who's to say it's wrong? We should just let him do what he wants to do. And that's what they were doing in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Yeah, it seems that, well, it says here that they were puffed up or they were proud that they had this type of thing going on. It's not that, well, um, he sees it differently and we're going to tolerate it. We don't like it, but we'll kind of let it slide. But it says here that they were puffed up or they were proud of it. You know, here we've got this guy that we would consider a, a right-thinking person, would consider some type of pervert. And here they're saying, oh, we've got this guy over here, and you know everything's great. Aren't we glad to have him? Well, I, I don't know for sure that what this is what they were thinking, but it's almost as if they think they're thinking we are special because we can we can tolerate that. Yeah, we can we can put up with that, and aren't we something special? Maybe they're like some people today who said we our mind is just so ex- open and so ex- we were just so uh, we're free thinkers. Free think that's right. We're willing to accept. Uh, this terrible sin it doesn't bother us that's right and and but paul here is telling them you know he's saying that they should have been mourning that he'd done this deed they shouldn't have been happy that we had this type of person among us but we should have been terribly grieved and mourning that this was going on amongst us well certainly a different picture than what we see in america today Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. questions at collegeview.com does paul say tolerate it keep on going no we drop down in first corinthians chapter five to verse six or he writes, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Paul says it's not good to have diversity when that diversity involves sin. We should not glory. We should uh, instead uh, make sure that we comply with God's instructions. He goes on and gives them those instructions in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning of verse 3. For I verily, as absent in the body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that has so done this deed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. 
They were to take care of that problem, not to be tolerant, but take care of the issue. You know, and it's not that they were were allowed to dawdle on this, but the, you know, Paul's telling them, get this thing taken care of promptly. Don't don't worry about don't worry about hurting his feelings because we're delivering. It says his flesh to Satan. You know, the idea is that his feelings need to be stirred up some and to realize that what he's doing is wrong, not that he can keep going in this situation and be all right. He needs to understand that he's wrong, and if he's going to participate in that, he's not going to be a part of us. All right, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. If you're just joining us on the program tonight, we're talking about religious tolerance. It's a common theme in American society today. We've got to be tolerant. We cannot accept anybody who's not tolerant. We, we can be tolerant of everything except for those who are intolerant. We cannot tolerate that. What does the Bible teach us about tolerance? We want to hear from you. The questions we are asking tonight, and we are free and available to take your questions on any Bible subject or any comment or question you may have about tolerance tonight, but the questions we've asked for your consideration, does the Bible instruct us to be tolerant to those in religious error? And number two, what are some areas where you see people being tolerant where they should not be? Number three, are there any areas religiously where we can be tolerant? If so, give some examples. And number four, if your answer to question number three is yes, what area in which, uh, what is an area in which you or others have difficulty being tolerant? We wanted to hear from you on those questions or any questions or comments you may have tonight. We do believe, Monty, we're talking about the fact that we should not tolerate error. We do believe there's some, uh, Allowance for some tolerance. We'll talk about that later on in the program tonight as we consider the subject of tolerance. Well, we think about tolerance, Monty. What about Jesus? Was he a tolerant individual? You know, I believe as we study through the New Testament, we'll find that uh, in a lot of ways and quite often that Jesus was very intolerant. He was the exact opposite of tolerant towards certain behaviors that he found taking place there in the first century. A lot of people want to tell us that Jesus and God just love everybody. They don't think anybody is uh, doing wrong. Uh, they, they're acceptant and tolerant of everybody. Simply not the case when we look at Jesus. You know, they would tell us that God just loves us so much, and he wants us to be happy, and he would never be harsh toward us, or he would never punish us for anything because he loves us so much and cares so much for us. Happiness seems to be the only standard that we live by. If it makes you happy, then that's okay. And God wants you to be happy, so if it means you are in blatant violation of what he's instructed, if you're happy, he's okay with that. You know, people have taken that line in the Declaration of Independence that we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness uh, far and way outside the bounds, I believe, that those people that wrote that intended or had any notion that it would ever be. Because like you said, people's got this notion of it's my right to be happy and it's I'm obligated to do my best to be happy and, and whatever it takes to make me happy is okay. Certainly so. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Monty, so what are some areas where you see Jesus being relatively intolerant? Well, you know, uh, when Jesus in Matthew chapter 23 toward the end there, he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, uh, I would have get, liked to gather you get together as chicks under my wings. You know, he would have liked to have had saved them and, and, and had them people be his followers and, and taken care of them. But he said they weren't willing. Well, what was they not willing about? Well, they wanted to worship God their way. Uh, they weren't willing to conform their self to God's mold and to the teachings of Jesus, but they wanted to do things their own way. Now, in American society today, we're to- told that those who are Jewish should be tolerated, they should, that they're okay, they can be right with God by being Jewish, and if you want to be Christian, that's okay, you can you can be right with God by being Christian, or you can, if you want to be Muslim, that's okay, you just however you, whatever way, whatever faith you want to accept, 
And uh, I believe it was uh, Mitt Romney back in the presidential election last year said that he liked to go around and he would see all the churches of different faiths. Mm-hmm. He had a, a seemed like a redeeming feature or a special feature about each. He type said of all place. of their steeples point to heaven. Yeah. As in, you, if that's the if that's the group that does it for you, that's fine. If uh, if it works for you being Jewish, I guess as long as your synagogue has a steeple on it pointing to heaven, then that's okay with him. You was know, it okay with Jesus? No, he said he wanted to gather them under his wings, but they would not. They wanted to continue uh, denying him as being the Son of God. Well, Jesus even went so far in, in verse 37. He was talking about wanting to gather the chicks under his wing, but they were not willing. And in verse 38 of Matthew chapter 23, he says, See, your house is left to you desolate. Uh, I get the impression as I read that that he wasn't going to tolerate their unbelief whatsoever, but they were going to be destroyed because of that. Their house would be desolate. Right. They wasn't going to have any place in the kingdom of heaven because they wouldn't accept him. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com. I don't get the picture of Jesus being tolerant there in the passage you referenced. You got some others there, Monty? Yeah, in Mark chapter 11, verses 15 through 17, we can see that as Jesus came into the temple and they was people conducting business there and selling doves and money changers and all these things, and even people that need to go from one side of the temple to the other were taking a shortcut through the middle in order to get where they were going to carry their wares that they were trying to sell. Uh, it says he made a whip and he run them out of the temple, and, and he, he was not at all tolerant of their misuse of what the temple was supposed to be because it was supposed to be a house of prayer, not a place of business. All right. Uh, in Mark chapter eleven, fifteen through seventeen, they and they and they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went in the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves, and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves? Now, Jesus should have said. If he was in a, if he lived in America today, Jesus should have said, "I would rather you not make my house a den of thieves." But if you want to make your, my house a den of thieves, who am I to say anything about it? And if you feel like that's what's best, and if that'll make you the that, happiest you can be, if that go ahead. You, if that brings okay. you closer to God, whatever that means today. Yeah. If that brings you closer to God, then go for it. But but we see that's not what Jesus said. One of the uh, accounts of this talks about him making a whip to drive them out with. He braided a whip together. So uh, his driving them out was not a pleasant occasion. Apparently he wasn't real pleased by it, and apparently it wasn't a pleasant occasion for them either. I would think not. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Pat emails in tonight and uh, answers the question, does the Bible instruct us to be tolerant of those in religious error? He says no. He references First John chapter 4. Verses 1 through 6. First John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, where we read, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is, uh, has come in the flesh is not of God. And that this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you've heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Year of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, and he that he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. 
again, Monty, I don't see a picture of tolerance there in that passage. Uh, there, we see two sides of uh, the occasion: either you're with God or you're not. It's not an an all grab around, let's grab hands and and uh, sway back and forth, and we'll all be okay. You know, when he's saying test the spirits, and if the spirit uh, will not confess Jesus as the Christ, it's not of God. He's not giving a one way or another way and two or three other ways, he's seeing he's saying here there's either the right way, God's way, or there's a wrong way, the this this false spirit's way. He's not being tolerant at all of this false teaching. All right. Again, the people in our society today say you can believe in Jesus or you can believe in Muhammad or whatever you want to believe in and you'll be okay. This says here, if you don't believe that Jesus is coming in the flesh, you're not okay. Pat also references second John verses eight through eleven. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Again, Monty, where's the tolerance in Second John verses 8 through 11? You know, this is so intolerant to the point that he says, don't even uh, bid him Godspeed or don't welcome him into your house. If this person is not, says does not have the doctrine of Christ, that he doesn't have God. So uh, for the people today that would say, well, it's okay to be a Muslim or it's okay to follow the Jewish religion and you'll be okay because we're all going to the same place. Uh, this scripture says here that the persons that are Muslims or the persons that are trying to be practicing Jews are not going to be going to see God. All right. And Pat also references 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 22, Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of another of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure again. If that was written in America in the current day, we would have to read that as you do what you want to do, and it's not going to really matter as long as it uh, seems good to you. And so we appreciate you, Pat, for your comments tonight. We I uh, do uh, think you're right on the money there as you talk about uh, the religious tolerance as we see it in the world today. The Bible does not allow for that type of religious tolerance. If you disagree or if you agree, we'd like to hear from you at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll continue the discussion again. We want to look at what the Bible tells us about tolerance and accepting uh, different people in religious error. Should we be accepting those? And as we get into the program a little bit later on, we'll get into the subject of, does the Bible make any allowance for religious tolerance? We believe it does, and we'll talk with you about that later on in the program. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. Hi. My name is Mike Johnson. I'm a member here at the College of View Church of Christ. Have you ever heard someone say that the members of the Church of Christ are too legalistic? Generally, people say this when we say that we must be careful to follow all the commands that God has given us. When we say, God says we must do this, or God doesn't command us to do that, people respond with, the members of the Church of Christ are too legalistic. Well, while it may be impossible to know exactly what people mean when they make this accusation, if they are accusing us of being legalistic because we say that we should follow all the instructions that God has given us, then that accusation is correct. But let me ask you this. Which of the commands that God has given us should we ignore? Can we pick and choose which commands we follow, or must we follow them all? Jesus said we have to follow all the commands of God when he said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? We want to call Jesus our Lord, so we try to follow all the commandments that he has given us. 
we don't in any way think that following God's commands earns our salvation, but we do think it is necessary to be pleasing to him. Here at the College View Church of Christ, we're trying to follow every command that God has given us. If, as a result, some people call us legalistic, then so be it. We think it's what God calls being righteous. My name is Roger Toombs, and me and my wife love to listen to the virtual Bible study on Thursday nights. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. And we're back on the technically challenged, 15 minutes late edition of the virtual Bible study tonight. But we're glad you're with us, Monty. I think we're, I think we're getting ourselves back together here a little bit. We're still waiting to hear from some of our listeners with their comments, but uh, so far so good. We we made it halfway through. Well, that's good, and we'll. God willing, continue the rest. Of the you were really through. worked up tonight. You were sitting over there, no computer around you. You you had the trusty uh, hard copy. You didn't have to worry about any of the of the technical stuff tonight. Well, and I wasn't worried about that because I have no skills in that area, and I knew that you being <laughs> highly skilled and with resources otherwise too would pull through. Well, we barely we we are halfway through. We we got to keep. We were we're not all the way where we want to be yet, but we'll hopefully be there next week. We're talking about religious tolerance on the program tonight. And we're looking at Jesus now and his his example and his attitude towards religious tolerance. And we, as we noted, Monty, we're not seeing a lot of religious tolerance from Jesus. He's not tolerant of a lot of error. In Matthew chapter 23, beginning of verse 13, you have that handy, Monty. We see him showing really an intolerant attitude. You know, in beginning of verse 13 in Matthew 23, Jesus says, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore you shall receive the greater damnation. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites! For you compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. You know, as I read through this, I don't see that Jesus was even remotely pleased with anything that they were doing. He's constantly calling them hypocrites in this. So basically he's saying, as I read this, that what you're doing for religious practices and thinking you're doing a wonderful thing, you're nothing but a bunch of hypocrites, and I'm not at all accepting what, you've, what you're doing. That's not very tolerant, Monty. No, he's not tolerating them very he's well at all. He's not being very open-minded, is he? No, not at all. All right, 877-381-4567, questions at College View. Dot com In Matthew 23, verse 23, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and you have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done, and not to leave the other undone again. They're not being tolerated there. Jesus is laying it out for them. And um, someone said uh, today, I heard Monty, that he was folding their ears back. You ever heard that? Uh, yeah, I've heard that phrase okay. before. All right, he was folding their ears back. Go ahead, Monty. What about 23, 25 there? Yeah, if you read Matthew chapter 23, verse 25, it says, Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. So again, he's telling them, the way y'all are behaving is not at all acceptable. You're a bunch of hypocrites. You know, and we think about that today. If we went up and told somebody that they were being a bunch of hypocrites, people would just think horrible that we were just being so intolerant of them and, you know, we need to be sensitive to their feelings and, and, and things like that. But I don't get the impression that Jesus had the least concern for their feelings at this point. Well, it, it doesn't appear that. And we've got, we've, got to, we've got to temper some of this. Jesus was also meek in the way he approached them, and we've got to be meek as well. And we don't obviously just want to 
go beating people over the head with the stuff, but Jesus was very direct uh, with what he was saying. Here. They weren't confused or, no, no. or at all about what he was trying. The point he was trying to get he across. He wasn't tiptoeing around the tulips. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was telling them how it was. You know, and I'm I'm not suggesting that we should just go right in immediately blasting people down about what their beliefs are that we believe are not found in the scriptures. We should go with, like you said, with a meek attitude and willing to discuss it and reason it out with them. But and Jesus was able to. Uh, he was able to see into their hearts and their minds and know what their true attitudes was, and we can't do that. But at the same time, when we see something that's going on that's wrong, we don't need to 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 be wimpy about it. We need to be bold in some cases and firm with what we understand the Scriptures teach to be able to to share that with people. First Corinthians chapter eleven verse one tells us to emulate Christ in His intolerance of religious error in first corinthians chapter 11 verse 1 paul says be you followers of me even as i also am of christ we're to be following christ money and uh, he didn't tolerate error he demanded people be in compliance with god's instructions and we need to demand that as well and what we have to understand if we're following christ then that means we're not following the creeds of some man that, that some or some human institution is made up that we need to be following uh, we're not we're not following some other prophet that has come along since the first century. We're following what Jesus said and did, and the instructions He gave us, and no one else's. All right, eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview. dot com. Join in on the program tonight. We're looking forward to hearing from you on the program as we talk about tolerance. We see that Jesus wasn't very tolerant, and we're in. Interested in seeing the fact, though, that people today in America are telling us we need to be tolerant. And uh, we see a contradiction there. We see a difference in what uh, Jesus did and the way Jesus acted and the way people are acting in our society today. We want to hear from you on the program, over the phone, or over email tonight. Now, let's talk, Bonnie, about some of the things that our society encourages us to be tolerant in. And one of the areas where we see we've got to be tolerant, according to our society, We've got to be able to tolerate those who are homosexual. You know, Jacob, the, we we hear that all the time. And at one point, the homosexuals wanted to just be tolerated. But it seems now that the way their movement is progressing is that they not only want to be tolerated, but they want to be accepted as right, that there's nothing wrong with their behavior. It's just a different lifestyle than maybe what the rest of us have. But it's an okay thing, and we shouldn't be intolerant or condemning of them. But uh, when I read it through the Bible, and especially when I read in Genesis chapter 19, it talks about some cities called Sodom and Gomorrah. Certainly. And God was so tolerant of their behavior that he rained fire and brimstone down on them to the point that to this day, nobody knows where those cities was. He so utterly destroyed them. And as we see that uh, when the angels went in to get Lot and his family out, that the it seems to me the primary behavior that, he, that God was destroying them over had to do with the sin of homosexuality. As we read that story, we see that that's what was uh, taking place there. And God was so tolerant that he destroyed them so utterly that we don't know where they were today other than maybe just a general region of the world. Yeah, yeah. He didn't tolerate it. But we're told today we have to tolerate it. Now, I, I hesitate to bring this up, Monty, but uh, you heard the controversy about the Miss America pageant this week. I've heard a little bit about and it I on the radio. I didn't see the video. I didn't watch it, but I've heard it on the radio. And I, I heard the statement that some, one of those – and I don't know how you have any ground to stand on when you're in the Miss America contest, how you have any ground to stand on in areas of morality when you prance around in your underwear on primetime television. But that's another another subject, I guess, another uh, discussion. Well, I believe we're going to discuss that if we get to it in our notes here a little bit later on uh, the idea of modesty or immodest dress. Okay. But uh, from my understanding, this woman that was in 
apparently real close contention for the win in this contest, was asked about what she thought of the homosexual marriage issue. You know, they want to say gay marriage, but um, in my understanding, when I was growing up and we seen the Flintstones on TV, they was having a gay or a happy and carefree time, and that's what the word gay means. What they were talking about is homosexual marriage. And uh, she said, well, that was a difficult question, but she personally believed that marriage was between a but man and a woman. She, but she also said she ought to be able to make some, uh, certain states ought to be able to make up their own mind on it. Yeah. So she was showing some tolerance, but yeah. not enough for them. Yeah, that, and so because of her personal belief that it wasn't the right thing to do, she was lost the, the title. Can't, not tolerant enough. Yeah, she wasn't nowhere near tolerant enough you've to suit got, these people. You've got to embrace someone in direct violation of, of God's instructions on the area of homosexuality. Again, we're told repeatedly that it's okay, uh, that we just have to tolerate people who are homosexual. But First Corinthians chapter nine, beginning verse First uh, Corinthians chapter six, beginning verse nine. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Notice this, that effeminate and abusers themselves with mankind will not inherit the kingdom of God, heaven. Uh, some other translations will say homosexuals there, Monty. Um, homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. Homosexuality is not acceptable with God. It is not something that we should tolerate. We sh- it is not something that we should say, it's okay if you want to be that way, but it's just not for me. God says it's a sin, and it will cost you your soul. And really, that that's a very clear passage here. The translation I have, the New King James Version, and that's what it clearly says. He's going down through the list. He says, nor, homose- nor homosexuals nor sodomites. And, he, you know, it's very clear that they're not acceptable to God. He's not going to tolerate it. You know, you're talking about the Miss America thing. I was listening to the radio today at work, and they was talking about an actor named Hugh Jackman. I'm not sure what he plays in, but anyhow, I, I guess we that. were supposed to know. I think that's the first time I've ever heard that name. Okay, but anyway, uh, he was making some comment and said he's not a homosexual that he has a wife and children and he's happy with that lifestyle, but he hates to tell people that he's not a homosexual or that he's not bent that way or whatever you want to call it because he feels that might be some way demeaning toward them or degrading or or putting them down because they are just by him saying that he's not. That he's not. Yeah. And so he's illustrating that attitude of, you know, I'm not that way, but we have to be so tolerant of them and we don't want to hurt their little feelings or damage their psyche in any way by in any way suggesting that they're not they're not right all right certainly is a shame that our society is as it is romans chapter one money is another passage that's very clear on this in romans chapter one verses 26 and 27 it says for this cause god gave them up to vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which was against nature and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burning their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. So God's here telling them that these desires that they're having are unnatural. Uh, he's talking about it's being a, a lust, and that it's unseemly, and that it's an error that they're acting that way. It's not something that he's saying is tolerant. he can tolerate, and you know maybe it wouldn't be his preference that they act that way, but you know he would live with it if they could. He's saying this is just a vile, disgusting thing, and I'm not going to put up with it. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeuke.com. Quickly before our break, 
We asked the question, are there areas where people are being tolerant of religious error where they should not be? Stephen in Pennsylvania writes in. He says, I see people being tolerant when it comes to issues of sins in moderation. There are many wimps who are not willing to stand up for truth. The most where I see brethren are around issues of smoking, drinking in moderation, dancing, that is the prom, uh, utilizing euphemisms, making out with a girl. Uh, he mentioned some lascivious behavior here. He says, I see Christians that would not condemn such people performing such acts. They often say, I believe it's okay, it's okay but I don't think it is wise. They're compromising the word of God. Can we see Jesus going out to the bar and having a beer? How about seeing Jesus smoking, uh, filling a woman's thigh and, and making out with her, watching a little nudity on an R-rated movie? How about saying some other uh, choice language that people are using today? If you cannot picture this from Jesus, it is because he is holy. That is our standard. I've had brethren, unfortunately, disagree with me on these issues. However, all they do is deny what I'm saying instead of offering scripture for what they believe. They don't do it because they cannot. These people are not offering very good arguments. We cannot find scripture that would allow us to sin in moderation. Monty? You know, we don't see that that, those types of behaviors are condoned in the Bible. What we find is that they're condemned, uh, condemned very thoroughly and clearly. So we, you know, like the subject of drinking in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, it talks about that. And it says, for the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of right, speaking evil of you. Yet, And yet parents are allowing their children, we see a lot of time, and their friends to drink even when they're underage. So we can see that, like you said, people have become to tolerate these kind of things that the Bible clearly condemns, as we mentioned in First Peter chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. All right, and Pat uh, emails and says, uh, what are some areas where you see people being tolerant where they should not be? Pat says, accepting people into a congregation with a liberal background and not teach to correct the error, willing to have a liberal preacher come for a meeting. And uh, sometimes uh, there are congregations who are inviting preachers who are in error on certain subjects to come in and preach, uh, tolerating those errors without standing up and correcting them. You know, I don't understand how people can do that. They'll invite somebody in that they have every reason to believe is going to teach something that that is clearly wrong in the Scriptures. Uh, the Bible tells us, as we was talking about a while ago, not to accept those people, not to bid them Godspeed. Well, if I invite a false teacher to come in and preach where I'm at, I'm bidding him Godspeed is what that amounts to. The, the scripture said not to even invite him into your house and not to eat with him. Well, if I'm not even to eat with him, how could I possibly think it'd be all right to ask him to come teach false doctrine in, in here? All right, let's take a quick break, uh, Monty, and when we get back, we've got just a few minutes. We're going to go past the top of the hour, as you may notice. Uh, we would normally be quitting at this time, but we were late starting, so we'll go ahead and make up for the 15 minutes that we missed on the start of the program because we've got to get a full hour out of you, Monty. We can't let you off easy. We're going to get 15 more minutes out of you on the other side. Don't go away. And we've got to get to, Monty. Don't forget, when we get back, we need to get into the subject. What about religious tolerance? Are there areas where the Bible admits or accepts the fact that we can be tolerant? Let us know your thoughts. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. 
Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the virtual Bible study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. My name is Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study, and we hope you'll tell others about the program. We're always open to your feedback concerning topics for discussion and suggestions as how we can make the program more effective. Drop us a line at questions at collegeview.com or call us toll-free at 877-381-4567. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. We've got about 15 minutes to go, and we want to hear from you at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Thank you for staying. If you're listening to us live or watching us live at Ustream.tv tonight, we appreciate you staying with us for this extra time that we missed on the front end of the program. We're making it up now because we still have a lot of material to cover, and we have some comments from our listeners to cover. We can still add yours if you'd like to comment on the program now. Well, Monty, as we talked about the fact that the Bible does not allow for tolerance of religious error, the Bible does offer some to- areas for tolerance in areas otherwise. Stephen in Pennsylvania writes in and says there are some areas that we can be tolerant and some areas where we cannot. Please understand what I'm saying. Sin is sin, and I believe that if a brother sins in moderation, such as drinking in moderation, as an act of rebellion, we can employ Matthew 18 and withdraw from that brother or sister. For example, if I see a brother who goes drinking every Friday night with his buddies, not to get drunk but only to social drink, and I tell him it is wrong, uh, tell him of the wrong that he is in, if that brother continues in his behavior, then we can withdraw fellowship. We should not allow such a brother to re- represent the church as this gives God a bad name. However, if they, however, if they are desperately trying to quit old habits and slip from time to time, we need to be patient and encourage our brother. We are not guiltless, and God was merciful towards us, so we need to be merciful towards others who have a penitent attitude. It is not. It is for this. It is for this belief that I've also been told by a fellow brother in Christ, not sure if I can call him that because of his beliefs, that I am putting a hedge around the law and that I'm becoming divisive. However, only doing it God's way. In Matthew 5, Jesus employs the opposite extreme and commands his disciples not to perform such actions, such as not even being angry with a brother when discussing the sin of murder, to not lust after a, a woman when discussing adultery, not to divorce, and not to divorce our wives for any reason when it comes to divorce, letting our yes be yes instead of making oaths, etc. The Pharisees missed what the law was about and would often think of the extreme, that is murder, as the sin and letting other things go, for example, anger, and not passing it off as sin. Therefore, when we dismiss people sending in moderation who God has as, as our standard is pure and holy, we have become like the Pharisees, and we do not understand what Christianity is all about. Pat, in Pat's email, says uh, there is no tolerance for uh, for uh, any religious. There's no room for any religious tolerance. And then we got a second email from Pat that says, um, "Yes, there is some tolerance until truth has been taught." 
In Acts chapter, he re, and Pat references Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. We read about uh, some room, Pat says, for religious tolerance. Acts chapter 8, verse 26, beginning. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, go toward the south, and to the way that goeth down which is uh, from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. goes on through verse 39, and uh, the eunuch is taught the way of the Lord and obeys that. Uh, but still, the eunuch, there wasn't tolerance for the eunuch when he didn't know the way of the Lord. He still needed to repent. That's right. The eunuch, it's not saying that we're tolerating the, the fact that the eunuch didn't know the Lord. But what it's saying is he didn't know it. And because that lack of knowledge was not acceptable to God, he sent somebody to teach him. Uh, you mentioned in the previous email it talked about sinning in moderation. Personally, I don't understand how we can sin in moderation because we understand that sin separates us from God. We're not just a little bit separated or moderately separated. If we have sin in our life, we're separated. Stephen's, and Stephen's not making that distinction. No, I, some people are making it. I understand Stephen's, that, but yeah, to, yeah. To, to answer the point that some people make, we can't sin, sin, sin in moderation. Sin is sin. And if we're sinning, then we're separated ourselves from God, and we're either with him or against him. There's no in-between on that. We're not just a little separated or just a little with him. We're either God's and we're not. Okay, Pat also references Apollos in Acts chapter 18, verses 24 through 28. Apollos was teaching error. Apollos needed to be corrected. There wasn't, again, though, there wasn't tolerance of Apollos, and and, uh, God didn't say, well, Apollos just doesn't know any better. That's okay. I'll tolerate that. No, Apollos needed to be taught better, and we need to know the truth more perfectly. But, Monty, I guess where I was heading with the question tonight of is there room for religious tolerance, there is some room. For religious tolerance, for differences in matters of opinion, matters of judgment, and matters of conscience, Monty. Uh, you have conscious, uh, conscientious uh, feelings about certain things, and I have conscientious feelings about them. They may differ in our matters of our judgment, the matters of our opinion, and we need to be tolerant of each other in those areas. And I think Romans chapter 14 talks about that to some extent. Romans chapter 14, begin verse 1, Him that is weak in the faith receive you, but not to doubtful dispensations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. And the chapter goes on and talks about differences of, of conscience. That's right. In this specific example here, there were people that believed that it was wrong to eat meat, apparently meat of any kind. There were other cases that we read about where Paul made discussions of eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols. But anyhow, these people believed it was wrong to eat meat. Well, there were other people there in the same congregation that believed it was okay to eat meat. Well, Paul said, you know, if you don't want to eat meat, you don't have to. If you want to, you can, because this is not a matter of religion or a matter of doctrine. It has to do with a matter of your own personal taste or your own personal desires in the matter. Uh, I can see, especially in the first century, uh, the, the Jewish converts to Christianity have been taught all their life that eating a certain types of meats, like, say, specifically pork, was wrong. Well, now that they've become Christians, and technically they understand that it's not wrong, but it still bothered their conscience to do it because they'd been taught all their life they shouldn't. So it was not wrong, realistically, for them to eat pork, although it would have been if it violated their conscience. But it was also not wrong for them to not eat pork because the Bible teaches us, you know, eat it or not. It's not a matter of sin 
or righteousness for that. So we can understand that in that area we can be tolerant. Uh, if I had a, a conscientious objection to eating pork, you wouldn't try to shove it down my throat and make me eat it because you would could tolerate my objection to it. Certainly. Uh, and if you didn't have that objection, I wouldn't try to bind my not eating it on you because I should be tolerant of your judgment in that matter. Certainly. We have to be tolerant in these areas religiously where it is a matter of conscience or it is a matter of opinion or judgment, there needs to be room for some tolerance there, Monty, where I'm not binding my conscience on you. If I, uh, if, I if my decision about a certain matter uh, in, in my judgment, in my opinion, is a certain, I draw a line, and if that's my line that I draw as a matter of my judgment or my opinion, then I need not bind that line on you and that judgment and opinion on you. I need to tolerate if you make uh, a decision different than mine. But we have to understand that that toleration is strictly in matters of judgment or opinion. Absolutely. We're, we're, not, discuss, we're not saying that we should accept someone's uh, error in doctrine whatsoever. Uh, we need to teach them better on that. We can't tolerate error, but we can tolerate differences of opinion on matters of judgment. But that's right. If you decide that you want to divorce your wife because uh, she burned the biscuits and that's your decision. I'm not going to be tolerant of that because it's not a matter of conscience or judgment. That's a matter of religious error. You're violating the scripture. Yeah, the New, Trest- New Testament is clear on that in various different places sure. that that's not acceptable before God. So that's not a place that we can be tolerant on. That's certainly so. And so there is some room, we believe, for religious tolerance. We ask the question, uh, well, let's see, question number four, um, uh, Really, we, we've we covered it, I think, uh, with our emailers fairly adequately there, so we'll call it quits on that. Um, Monty, as we look at the what the Bible teaches us about tolerance, and we're out of time, we see the Bible is very clear that we have to demand adherence to the Scriptures. God does not allow for deviation and acceptance and obedience to his word. We are not to accept and tolerate those who are in error. The Bible tells us that we're to reprove them and encourage them to change, Because it is a soul that is at stake. And if we're not following the scriptures, then we're in error and our soul is in danger and we need to repent. You know, we need to have the attitude that's described in Romans chapter 1 verse 16 where it says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. We should be willing to stand up and say this is what the Bible says and be willing to take our stand on that and not feel like we've got to cave in and tolerate the errors of the world. Absolutely. Monty, thank you for your time tonight. appreciated the discussion with you, and uh, hopefully uh, our listeners benefited from our, our study tonight. Well, I appreciate your invitation to be here. Thank you for your time. Appreciate you being here tonight, and we hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life. Study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College 
College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.